0: Welcome to the New American Dream. I have an amazing guest today, Steven Pesavano. How you doing today, brother?
1: Dude, I'm doing amazing. I'm super excited to be here with you, what you're doing out in the world. I love it. So grateful to be here.
0: Well, me and you got a passion to share with people, and you're kind of doing the same thing, man. So we'll jump into that, man. But, you know, what I usually like to do is start off and, and, and kind of show people, like, where you're at now. And then kind of how you got there, because people, a lot of Americans, man, And the more I meet, they feel like they just can't get there because there's something that's holding them back. They don't understand. It's them most of the time. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you and what you're working on, what you're doing right now. Yeah. So uh, my name is Steven Pescevento running
1: a, a mission driven investment fund and platform where we're on a mission to help over a million investors become financially free. And so we do that through our education. We're teaching people how to create passive investment plans, change their beliefs, change their mindset, and really start seeing what's possible when you start investing and living with the investor mindset. And then on the private equity side, we run funds and syndications where we invest into multifamily and other types of investment strategies to help people actually do that all passively. So you know, been doing this for, for going on uh, almost a decade. And uh, I love what I do. I happen to be in a position similar to you, Nate, where I get to wake up and do what I want to do every day. And I choose yeah, to awesome, work. I, I love what I do. And, you know, I came to this realization uh, about six months or a year ago that although I'd been building this incredible business and building my net worth and all of these things that, that I was so focused on the exit and a lot of business owners are right? Mm -hmm, And so the mm -hmm. shift that I made was I named my number and set a passive income target and have really shifted my business to start creating passive income for me and my clients every single day. So that's part of my mission is really helping people recognize and realize what's possible when it comes to investing outside of the traditional path. And uh, I'm excited to share more about it today.
0: Yeah, man. So tell us about some of the deals that you work on now. Yeah, so primarily we're focused
1: on buying two to three hundred unit multifamily deals in markets like Denver, Dallas, Jacksonville, Auburn, Alabama, Phoenix, Des Moines, Iowa. Different markets have different kind of criteria. For example, yes. in Denver, we like doing deals that are smaller than we do in any other market, mainly because our office is in Denver, and there's a huge number of mid-sized multifamily, kind of twenty-five to hundred unit. So in this Denver market, it's very growth focused. So we'll buy a property, we'll renovate it, we'll take rents from 800 to 1600 a month, doubling rents, and we'll look to exit that property in three years. And mm-hmm. then with that money, what we do is we'll then 1031 exchange it into a market that's either income or one that's more of an income plus a growth market like a Dallas, right? So like a market like Auburn, Alabama, great cash flow but still a lot of appreciation because it's a growing market. Yep. Dallas, a lot more appreciation, less cash flow, but a very, very strong market there as well. So on all of these types of deals, our primary focus is going in, we believe that returns are discovered, right? We've got to go and add value to the property, execute a construction plan, execute a plan to be able to you know, improve management, and then that's mm-hmm. how we create returns. And so we're either doing deals that are short term, right? One to three year deals, trying to double money in that period, or deals where we're looking to hold it for 10 years. And we wanna Mm -hmm. get that money out as quick as we can, refinance in three and create, you know, a six to 10% cash flow for life, right? Because if we can do that and we can keep planting those seeds and really refinancing and redeploying that cash, we can really build financial freedom for our clients. And it's a lot of fun to do.
0: No, nah, that sounds amazing, man. That's a lot of kind of what we do. Uh, you just find yeah. a value add and it's, there's nothing magical about it. There are a bunch of different parts. There's a bunch of different components. There's going to be things that happen outside your realm. But man, let's go back to your childhood. I mean, what did it look like, man? You must have grew up really wealthy. Dad probably handed you a lot of money to go buy all these properties, right?
1: You know, there was a time where I wished that was true. Now I'm, I'm grateful for the way that I got brought up. And, you know, I, I'm the oldest of four kids. Uh, you know, uh, all of us are about two years apart. So growing up, my parents got divorced when I was really young. I was five oh, wow. years old and, you know, I had a couple different fathers kind of coming in and out of my life. And my dad's a great guy. He's in my life, but had some stepdads that kind of cycled through. And so every two to four years, it was like a new life I was living it was either mm. you know a little bit more stable or a little bit more chaotic and there was a lot of fighting and there was a lot of stress but everything really came back to what i believed was money i now realize that it was you know some emotional immaturity and you know people not really dealing with their own yes. problems and alcoholism yes. and drug use and things like that that ended mm-hmm. up causing a lot of that but i believed as a kid that it was about money because that's what it always came back to it always came back to don't ask for it, we can't afford it, ask your dad to pay for it. Any of these kind of things really kind of got me in this belief system that, well, there's no way I'm gonna get out of this, right? This is just the way it is, looking at people who have money and looking down, thinking they must have done something wrong. But fortunately along that path, I also had a grandfather who was a successful businessman. And although he died when I was young, his legacy and who he was as a person that message carried on. So although I wasn't learning from him directly, just like any digital mentor you listen to on a podcast, I gotta hear the stories and that Mm -hmm. gave me hope. And then eventually I found my way into books and Rich Dad Poor Dad and Tim Ferriss and all of these digital mentors that I was able to learn from and eventually start down this entrepreneurial path. But you know, while I was growing up, I I would do anything to make money. I was buying stuff online, flipping it on eBay, flipping it on Craigslist. I was doing things that were illegal, selling products that are now (laughs) legal today in Colorado. And I was making a lot of money doing it. And I never took the massive amount of risk in the sense where I was doing it at a huge volume. For me, it seemed like a lot compared to someone like you, it's tiny. But I do remember while I was in college, I remember seeing every time a Ford tourist drove past my house, I thought to myself, my whole future could end in a moment. And I made a choice Mm -hmm. to stop doing those things, change my life, change my environment. And when I decided and I moved to a better school, a better community, a better surrounding, I realized the prestige that comes with that. I understood wow. the idea behind marketing and how important it is that you're surrounded with the right people. And my life changed from there forward. That's when this business, Steven Pescevento that you know was born out of a guy who was scrapping, just trying to figure out how to, to get by. And you know, I graduated, was in management consulting, but hated the corporate world cause it lacked passion. And I went on this journey mm. first into high growth startups and then eventually into real estate where I found my footing, just trying to find passion trying to find something that I could do, that I loved, that I felt like was making a difference and that I would get rich and wealthy doing it. And it was a long path, but I've made it. I've gotten to that point where my net worth is more than any of my family and where I'm in a position where I finally feel some financial stability and comfort. And part of that really came when I shifted from an exit mindset into an income mindset to how can I use my money to really create passive income and still go do those growth focused bets that are going to really be able to create massive amounts of wealth, but take a chunk of that and start getting income today so that I can know that I can go to Hawaii and take off a month if I want to, or I can go snowboarding for a week, or I can spend all of my time pouring into my passion or my mission because I Mm -hmm. get the choice to do that.
0: Yes, that's right, brother, man. That's an amazing story. And so, like so many people you started off with just an idea, but then it became that idea became a decision because of that Ford Taurus that drove by and the unknown. And you say, you know what? This risk is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Reading books. And then you talked about your high growth investments. Explain to the investor, uh, explain, explain to the audience what that looks like and why, a little bit of diversification in that, to me and you, is something that's worth it. Well,
1: it's funny, because if you ever work in tech, in high-growth startups, and you're working in the startup world, those businesses often run not profitable. They're losing money, but they're doing that because the purpose is to get client acquisition, enough market share, that at some point they can turn on monetization and exit to some other huge company or go public. And then the founders will make a ton of money. And everyone who worked at that company early because they got stock, they finally get to celebrate that win. Now working in that environment, I saw a lot of people with big dreams, working on big ideas and leaving with nothing. Mm. They left with some great lessons, but they didn't leave with wealth. And so when I got into real estate, I was actually running an Airbnb arbitrage model before it was ever called arbitrage where I was renting a wow. bunch of uh, apartments and I was renting them and uh, back on Airbnb and I was you know making a 4.5 X multiple every single month on how much I paid in rent versus what I was earning on Airbnb. Wow. And that's what actually funded the first startup that I did. And then when I finally got into flipping houses and eventually into multifamily, it was me, renting out my personal home for a week out every month to pay all of my bills. And so that's when I realized the power of income, but the downside with Airbnb, the downside with running that model is that at that time, cities around the country were outlawing it, banning it. So I went Mm. from having a business that was making a ton of cash to a business that was now illegal. And I'm not a guy who Mm. wants to break the law. I don't ever wanna be in a box, right? So I had to then change and kind of Uh, adapt. And then I really went into a mode where, cool, when you flip houses, it's all about making money now. It's earned income. It's about Mm -hmm, net worth mm -hmm. growth. It's about compounding. And so my business for the last three or four years has all been about the exit. We'll go buy a 200 unit building. We'll do an 80, 20 or 70, 30 split with our investors. And we get paid when we exit. So there's an incentive. There's a motivation for me to renovate that building and sell it fast. But that's actually contrary to what a lot of my clients were looking for. A lot of my investors, a lot of my friends, they were looking for income. They wanted the growth, but they also wanted that income check coming in. So right when it was at the point Mm -hmm. where it's going to start paying out income, it's time to sell. So as a syndicator and a fund manager, I can finally get paid. And so that was the shift that we made was going away from that model and going towards ones where there's a straight split and we're participating through the entire hold yep. where we're incentivized to hold it longer because we want the cash. We want that cash flow and we know the investors do as well. And so mm-hmm. it it took coming to that moment of realizing, wow, you've repeated the same behavior in a new industry multiple times And you keep getting a result that doesn't match up with what you want. Let's do something different.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. That's great stuff, man. So that's a lot. But how did you learn to do that? Because you didn't. I mean, was it reading? Was it getting around the right person? I mean, that's to go from doing arbitrage to syndicating deals. Man, that's impressive, brother.
1: Yeah. Well, when it started doing Airbnb, it was literally because I met a woman while I was uh, in Mexico who lived in Houston and uh, I wanted to go see my girl. So I was like, hey, how can I pay to do this? And uh, I threw my house on Airbnb and I ended up getting paid to go spend a weekend with my girl. And I realized, wow, I got to keep doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So I ramped up my personal home, I found other houses, I kept doing that. There was nobody really doing this at the time. I didn't find a lot of at? people. who This was in like 2013, 2014. Wow. You were early way Airbnb. ahead,
0: man. Yeah,
1: you were way and, ahead. But when it came to actually getting into real estate at that time, I didn't even think of that as real estate. I just thought of that as another hustle, right? Because yep. I was a yep. hustler, hustling, trying to make it. Um, when I finally got into real estate, I had this moment of clarity. I had you know, this, uh, this medical thing where I was in all this pain and I had this healer that kind of showed up into my life and all of a sudden, boom, three years of headaches gone. Wow, and I was in this awesome. place and it's, it's strange to talk about, but I had this place where I was super clear and I decided I'm not going to wait another day. I'm going to go and figure out how to do this. And so I jumped up off the couch that day, I fired all my consultant clients at the time. I had no other way to make money than making this work because that's what I needed to do. I don't recommend that for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's where you gotta go. And I went out and I found a community of people. I, there was a speaker who was talking at a local real estate event I looked her up and I thought to myself, hey, I don't have any money, but how can I add value to this person's world Cause I also didn't believe in coaching at the time. I had a false belief that if you invest in coaching, people are just taking your money.
0: Yeah. And that was, t- yeah. I
1: was totally wrong, but I traded my skill and I built this woman, a $15,000 website for her to let me fall around for one day, huge value to her. Wow. And I ended up getting just as much out of it. And that relationship led me to understanding the business, to seeing that it was possible, to believing I could do it. Because at 17, when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I thought, hey, I wanna get into real estate. At 18, I made offers during the 2008 crash. And they didn't, uh, my offers were higher, but they didn't reward them to me because I was some stupid kid. And I didn't keep going after it because I believed that. I didn't keep going Mm -hmm. after it because the people around me said, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're young, Mm -hmm. you can't buy a house. And I tried again and again. And it wasn't until I finally got in a community of people that eventually led me to feeling like this is normal, seeing that it was possible. And then where it really took off was I kept trading my skills to learn. And eventually one of those people became my business partner and he convinced me to join this mastermind group and we dropped 25 or $30,000. And I didn't want to do it because I still Mm -hmm. had that false belief that investing in coaching is BS. And I was wrong. That first day in that Facebook group, I found a strategy that paid for the entire group day one that we implemented that week. And then from then on, it was all value, but it was all about getting around people who were 10 steps up the ladder than me Mm -hmm. and finding Mm -hmm. a few people who are closer and then just going after it and hustling.
0: Man, that's amazing brother. And you know, just for you to step out of your comfort zone. And so what he's talking about when you have fear, what he did was he said, you know what? I'm going to live in my fear zone. And as he yeah. stepped into his fear zone, his fear zone become normal. Yeah. And then you go to the next fear zone. When he talked about people were 10 steps up the ladder, he went up there. He didn't say, man, that looks scary up there. He said, hell yeah, it looks scary. And they said, man, it's beautiful up here. And you said, well, I'm coming. He didn't say I was scared. And so many people in America that I meet that he meets are scared. You're scared to invest. You're scared that somebody's going to take your money. You're scared to get a mentorship. Look, man, it's whatever your fears are. You gotta overcome them. If you wouldn't overcome your fears, where would you be at right now, brother? I mean, realistically, I mean, probably. The, the 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 beautiful
1: thing is, just like you, just like your story, I grew up in fear and i never really appreciated it until you kind of step out of it and you realize that that was the comfort zone i actually had to learn how to live not in fear that was like the next level right like once you get all this wealth and you're successful oh, and all you're comfortable with is being in fear and chaos you actually have to go to a new place emotionally to realize to go to the next place that you want to you have to let go of that so if i wouldn't have <laughs> if i wouldn't have stepped through that mm-hmm. i mean I'd be in some job that I don't like, working under some boss that I don't respect and, and probably be in a situation where I'm, I'm not happy, where I don't have the belief that I have today that I know without a doubt that anybody, if they choose to go down this path, they can do it. They can mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. That when I hear people are broke and they're wanting to blame someone else, I get it. We all have different situations that we're dealing with. Some people start further up the ladder than others, but the point is you can climb. And I have yeah, that belief. I know without a doubt that I can do that. And I want to pass that along to other people because I know it's possible. And it, it hurts me to see how many people are living unfulfilled, feeling like they have no options because they just haven't learned to think
0: differently. No, nah, and that's what I think me and your passion where it lines up at is because we saw those people that essentially say, well, I'm this or I'm that, so I can't have this or I can't have that. So, man, that's going to become your life. But even worse, it's going to become your kid's life, because you're willing mm-hmm. to accept that. And mm-hmm. so, I think that's why me and you are on this podcast today is because we realize that by sharing our stories and the fact that we've come from, you know, I hate to say self-made because you know God-made. Whatever you feel like. Yeah. There totally. were things along the way. Um. But ultimately, it's open to all you guys, especially if you're in America. I mean, I can't say for other countries. I've been in other countries where things just weren't possible. Um, But, you know, today you're a multimillionaire. You help many people. You help people not just invest, but you show people along the way. A lot of your investors Mm. are learning by what you're doing firsthand. And this was just not possible 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. And so, you know. What's next for you, brother? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you've done amazing stuff, man. And what's next? What, what do you feel like is next? What do you feel like you're missing in your life?
1: Well, I feel like to go on what you were saying, you know, the universe, God opened a door for me and I chose to step through it. And the truth is Mm -hmm. it's happening every day for every person out there. Every chance that we have that moment to say, hey, I'm gonna go and learn this new thing or show up to this event or meet this person or make this call or go do work for free for months or years to learn a skill because we are attached to something that we think we're gonna get from it in the future or something we're gonna give as a result. That's the place that I'm living in today is recognizing that beautiful, way the world works, the universe works, the way that God works is that there is all of these opportunities and mm-hmm. where I'm really focused on today is really around this methodology and this process of naming your number and at mm-hmm. the core of what it really is, is it It starts first with understanding what do you want from your life? What is this vision that you're really going after? What's important to you? Why is that important? Who is it going to impact? What is that going to feel like? How are you gonna help those people? How is your wife, your husband, your kids? How are the people in their communities gonna be impacted knowing the work that you're doing out there in the world? And what's beautiful is once you get this clear vision of what's possible and you start seeing that other people can do it, you start recognizing that you can do it. You start Mm -hmm. believing right? And when you're in a community of people who are on that path of making that change and really kind of adopting the investor mindset alongside this vision, then you can actually start seeing how you get there. And you get there by setting a target, right? Naming your number, picking that passive income number, or if you're going to go down the path with Nate and you're going to go actively build a real estate business, that's an active number that you're going to be picking. And then that active number is going to lead you to your passive number. And once you have that, then it's all about the plan, baby. It's about understanding what are those different passive investment vehicles you can get? What are the different businesses you can build that earn the income that you then pump into these deals that allow you to get where you wanna go? And so that's what I'm really passionate about because I'm doing it for myself. I'm on this path. I'm sharing and showing, you know, I definitely go check out at steven.pesavento on Instagram or LinkedIn, we're sharing, where I'm sharing this journey of actually going out and figuring out these things, talking to people just like you, helping mm-hmm. them through this process and and doing some coaching on that side. Because what I found is that when you educate somebody and you can change their belief system, they can then help themselves, right? Now our private equity firm, we're very good at what we do. We know how to buy real estate. We know how to make money. We know how it can be done totally passive for that investor once they write the check and that's a beautiful path to be on to be able to do that but we also know we can't serve everybody and so when we can share this path and people can start realizing that if their number is ten thousand dollars a month there's a path to get there if it's a hundred thousand dollars a month passively there's a path but at ten thousand if you take two hundred grand and you invest it into a deal that doubles in value every three years and you just keep reinvesting that money, that two turns into 400, turns into 800, turns into $1.6 million in nine years. And at an 8% return, assuming you weren't even investing for upside, I mean, you're making 10,000 a month. If you get to 10%, you know, obviously your income is even higher, right? And there's ways to make 10, 20, or more percent when you're investing. And so what's so cool is that when you can hey, plant hey, these seeds. So, teeth- so
0: explain that because, man, look, I talked to a lot of people, me and you know how to get 30, 40% IRRs, right? But people yeah. don't understand it. They say, man, how could you get that, man? My my financial advisor said he can get me 7.5 or 8.1 or uh, that's why he's a, your financial advisor. That's why he's that's why he's not out here doing what we're doing. So for the lame, and not to say lame person, but layman's terms, how, just real quick breakdown, 30 seconds, tell them how that works.
1: Well, the financial advisor is sharing with you what they know, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that they're, they're, they're doing the best that they can, but the traditional uh, investing world doesn't want you to invest in these strategies because it's not what the whole model is built off of. It's built off of you not having this knowledge, not knowing that it's available and being fearful about it. And then Mm -hmm. that financial advisor is your knight in shining armor to come in and share the strategies that they know, but when you talk to a guy who's been doing it for 20 years and his financial advisor and then he hears about the stuff that Nate and I are doing, they're like, wow, I wanna get involved. Why did I never learn about this? Yep. So the way it works is when you invest and you write a check for a hundred thousand and we go out and buy a hundred unit building and we go get a hundred investors to put in a hundred thousand dollars each and we've got 10 million dollars that is gonna go out and buy that deal. When we can go in and raise rents from 900 to $1,200 a month and you've got 300 units, you can see how much money is gonna be coming in in addition to what you originally invested. And because these properties are individual businesses that are valued on a multiple, and that multiple is called a cap rate, you then, every for every dollar that you increase in income or decrease in expenses at a 5% cap rate is something like $25 of value. And so that when you can if you do can bring
0: $1 to the bottom line, net operating income for those of you in businesses called EBITDA, you're going to get between a 12, 12 that $1 is going to be between $12 and $25, depending on the cap rate. I mean, guys, when I first heard and found out this stuff, I thought, man, that's gotta be illegal. How can you take a dollar and turn it into $20? We well, just told you how. And it's, it's out here, man. But, You've perfected buying all over the country, right? How do you manage yeah. those? How do you manage those deals?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So, the way that we go about operating our business is it's through strategic partnerships, right? So, right. so j- we are we're doing joint venture deals where we have an operating team that acts just like a property manager, but is doing higher level activities in that local market. We bring them on, we incentivize them with a piece of the profit share. Mm -hmm. And then we manage them as individual operators. We have the right and ability to remove them as a manager, the same way you would remove and replace a property manager, Mm -hmm. but they're tied in for the success. They're tied in with aligned interest. And so what's beautiful about that is it allows us to then scale that business and know that if they're not doing their role and they're not succeeding on behalf of the investors, we have the ability to protect that investment and bring in new operator, new management to be able to execute that business. And so we've been very intentional about the markets that we've gone to because it really comes down to working with the right people and finding those types of value add deals in that market.
0: So you're, I mean, I understand you're buying in areas that got appreciation and that have Places where you can do a little bit of uh, CapEx or um, lipstick and add value and add rents, right? But yep. one of your other keys is that you know which people to partner with. Yeah. Got it, which man. people yeah, that, that we can hire sense. onto
1: the team and create an aligned incentive to be able to execute on our behalf. And that's one of the things you as a passive investor or an active operator, you need to understand is who are the experts that I wanna work with? How do I vet them? How do I ask them 150 questions and background checks and kind of go through this whole process to know who it is that's gonna go and do the dirty work every single day? And how do I make it worth it that they're, they want to do it? That they know that for every dollar we save, it's gonna be an, another dollar in their pocket, right?
0: Yeah, that's awesome, brother. So your your guys' strength is basically investors that got money that are looking for passive return. You guys will take the money in. You'll find the deal. You'll sign for the debt. You'll asset manage. You'll find the right person to JV with. You'll make sure it's in the right area that has growth. And man, you guys do it all. All they have to do is write a check. So we operate just like, you know,
1: Blackstone operates, or any other large private equity firm, but we're a boutique. We're yep. you're able to actually talk directly with members of the team and have a closeness. And the closer you are to that team, the more uh, influence that you have. But also means that there's a lot less people who are needing to reach into that profit bucket, right? Yeah. Now, We've, what sets
0: you guys apart from someone like, um, you know, Blackstone?
1: Well, Blackstone is deploying hundreds of billions of dollars of capital. And so what they focus on is typically class A multifamily or, right? So they're looking for institutional things and they're looking to create a much lower rate of return.
0: Now, guys, when we say institutional and and me and him aren't going to really buy institutional, if we get one, that's great. It was off market, but we're not going to go out here and compete because they're going to overpay. Is that I'm saying that right. Yeah, for
1: you exactly. So essentially, the difference is Blackstone is raising money from a pension fund, and that pension fund wants to make four, five, 6%. The difference is we are raising money from investors like yourself who are going to make 15 or 20%, maybe even more annualized. And so the difference is we're going to go in and do a lot more work. We're gonna buy buildings that need more work. We're gonna renovate those. We're gonna create that value. We're gonna change that neighborhood. And then we're either gonna hold on to it for life or we're gonna sell it to somebody who wants to hold on to it for life. And so that's the difference. We're playing in a different bucket. Blackstone's buying things, portfolios, yeah, they're yep. doing 100, 200, $300 million portfolio. We're buying something in the 10 to $50 million bucket.
0: Yep. No, that's awesome, brother, man. You guys are crushing it. So what? let me ask you, what do you see happening in the market right now? Are you seeing cap rates decompress yet?
1: Uh, We're definitely seeing cap rates, uh, uh, cap rate expansion happening, meaning properties value is going down in relation to how much money that property is earning. And it's directly related to the debt because Mm -hmm. the cost of debt is so high that that's one of the reasons there's actually not a lot of properties trading, right? There's a lot less people buying and selling today because the people who are selling are thinking, I want it to be worth what it was worth 12 or 24 months ago. And the people who are buying are saying, in case it's worth less in 12 months, I wanna buy it for less today. So Mm -hmm. the people are not lining up. But where we are finding a lot of value is in kind of the middle market in that 25 to 100 unit Type, more mom and pop type owner. Yeah. We're being able to find deals where we can get discounts on the front end. So we're buying at a really good basis. And we're getting seller financing. Like we closed the deal with two and a half percent financing for five wow. years, another one at 4%. Um, and what's great about that is obviously that allows us to get yeah, in. On the,
0: on the whole stack, you just had to raise the renovation funds and reserves uh, seven,
1: 65% loan to value on one and 75% loan to value in the other. So we still had to raise a portion of that equity and the renovation funds. But two and a half percent. Was that IO? Two and a half percent was, uh, was a 30 year amortization, um, with no IO. He specifically, what he wanted was a specific dollar amount per month. And so we just backed into the loan and the percentage. Um, so, you know, that cuts down and be better to have IO for cash flow, but
0: there's but actually a killer percent, cash flow still. Killer. Yeah, two and a half percent. That's killer, man. That's amazing, man. And is this something that you teach people how to find deals like that? If they, you know, um, and you're, you got a mastermind, right?
1: Yeah. So we're teaching people in the Name Your Number program how to, put together that vision, put together that passive investment plan, and then find access to passive investment deals, right? How do you get into a deal like that that's got a 2% or a 3%? How do you understand the structure of the deal to, to be able to decide if it fits what you're looking for? And then where do you go about going and finding those? And so we dive really deep into everything around this passive investing side. I mean, one small part of that program is Pointing out how you can actually go and do this yourself if you're looking to create your own business. But our primary clients are people who you know are making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year to a million plus, and are looking to invest some serious capital on a regular basis. So we're really focused on teaching people, hey, how do you go about doing that? Even if you're not in that position, you can get a ton of value. But that's typically who you know who we work with.
0: And that's amazing stuff, brother. So. What are you guys positioning yourself for with this? Um, and I know you're saying that there's not a lot of opportunity, but do you watch TREP? Do you see what's going on on TREP?
1: I see. I know that there's opportunity coming down the pipe, and I wouldn't say there's no opportunity. I'm just saying it. Ta- it's 10 times harder to find that deal yep. than it was 24 months ago.
0: No, it's harder because, like you said, the person saying, hey, man, look, dude, Dude just sold his for 80000 a door down there. And you're saying, yeah, man, but that's because they were getting debt at 4.5%. Debt now is 65 or 7 and, and And now banks willing to do 70% instead of 75 or 80 So I got to bring more capital in order to get the same type of return. I'm going to have to buy at a lower price. And he says, well, I ain't doing that. You're not talking me out of my property because you're dealing with mom and pop owners. They don't really understand the sophistication of that. And we just put one under contract. We're selling for a million and a half less than we had it under contract. It's like, dude, it is what it is. I can take that money out and go buy something better. So you have to make a decision on when to and not cut. We didn't lose money on it, but we're not making as much as we could. But if you're buying in this, if you're selling in this type of market, you're always so buying back into this type of market. So
1: but that's what's so great. You've got the investor mindset. You've got that experience, right? where you know, hey, it's not an emotional decision, it's a logical one. Mm-hmm. This is the value of the property now. Do I wanna hold on to it for another 24 months? I mean, that's what's great. Like people are saying, hey, well, I should wait to invest because maybe it's gonna be worth less in the next six months. And I'd say, don't unless you're planning on only holding an investment for six months. And that's why it's super valuable to do long-term holds Mm. because when we were flipping houses and we, we had a six month window, if the market changes, it really impacts that project. But when you're on a long-term hold and you got the right financing in place and you got those right pieces, you know, at Von Finch, like we, we're cool. We can just kind of kick back, continue to manage tightly and wait until that market turns around to eventually exit.
0: Man, I, And you guys buy just like us. I tell them, like, look, man, you think Warren Buffett bought a stock and it went down 50% and he really cares? He doesn't care. He wasn't yeah. buying the stock price. He was buying the company that was behind it. Yeah. So me, me and Stephen, we're buying the property. We already know what the property yeah. is going to do long term. We understand there may be some dips and valleys, but the rents, for the most part, aren't going to pull back. The rents may even yeah. increase if you buy a, a, a B minus, B, a B asset may increase because as everybody flees from that A-class property, they're coming down here and creating more demand. And when you, I, I, would, I would reiterate what you said, don't wait six months to buy, buy right. People say, why are you uh. buying? Dude, I buy every month. I don't care. I buy right. I buy right in every market. Yeah. I don't care what the market's doing. You know, actually yeah. the worse the market gets, the better it gets for me and Stephen I don't like to see people get slaughtered, man. If that's the reality that we can pick up things for pennies on a dollar for people who bought wrong. And um, a lot of that isn't kind of showing yet because people get typically five year debt, but Mm -hmm. some of it's going to be coming due. And you know, in the next 24, 12 months, I think we're going to see some, you know, into this third or fourth quarter this year, we are seeing a lot of stuff come out, man. So look forward to staying in touch with you, brother. People want to learn from you or want to invest and learn if, If your investment is a good fit for them, where would they find out how to invest, brother? I'd love to give
1: away the first part of my program for free. So we've put together this deep dive vision planner to really help you understand what is your vision. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. I know you're giving out stuff for free, right? But I want you guys to understand something. He's giving you something for free, but listen to what he did to hang with a person for one day. He built a $15,000 website just to hang with somebody and it changed his life. So I don't want you to think that he's giving you this for free that it doesn't have value. I want you to understand the value. And one of the reasons I don't like to give out stuff for free and you too probably, but you're doing them a favor is because people tend to not value. Think about this. If everybody got a brand new Ferrari when they were born, there'd be no value in it, right? So he's giving you people don't value
1: they prioritize what they pay for and i would love you to pay for it but the program itself you could drop ten thousand and come learn all the details but this will at least get you started to start Mm -hmm. getting some of that clarity when it comes to your vision when it comes to your number when it comes to what you specifically needs you can set that target there's a lot more you need to learn you need to understand the investments themselves. You need to understand all the stuff Nate and I have been talking about at the same level. And what's cool is we can teach you in a way that's really fast and doable, but grab that vision planner while it's available for free right now. It might not be in the near future. You can do that at InvestorMindset.com slash number. InvestorMindset.com slash number. We'll jump the in link. there. We'll
0: put the link in the bottom too,
1: brother. It's like, probably like eight, 10, 12 pages. It's deep. Like you're going to get a lot of good stuff from it. It's a worksheet. You'll work through it. If you're interested in following more about what we're doing, head over to Instagram at stephen.pesavento or LinkedIn, whatever your preferred is. And we do a podcast. We've been doing it for four years, over a million downloads. And we just had our brother Nate on it. So head over to investor mindset podcast and check out the new name, your number show along with it.
0: Man, that's amazing stuff, brother, man. That's, um, you got an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Guys, the link is below. Click on his stuff. Go visit his website. Thank you so much, Steven, for coming on, brother.
1: You're awesome. I appreciate you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next show.
0: Appreciate you too, brother.